As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Week 15, the first week of the playoffs is like almost in the books. Like, there's just like one more game that you guys have to potentially fight for. I know I have a battle coming up into this last one, uh, but we are going to be talking about some pickups today, uh, whatever those exist for. We will also be talking about everything that went down in the first week of the playoffs. And joining me, of course, is Brandon Funson on Twitter, Brandon Funson, Jake Seely on Twitter at All in Kid. I am Chris Welsh at is it the Welsh? Mr. Brandon Funston, what's going to be the death toll of your playoffs? Uh, what what will advance and what will not? Uh, probably going to be shooting 33%. Uh, two of my three are look likely to go down unless Aaron Jones can pull off tonight what Jarek McKinnon and Zay Jones did to me in that game on the other side of the, <laughs> uh, the ledger. If he can get a 30-point game, then I would advance. Uh, but otherwise, I'm probably going to lose two of my three. I have the if same situation. Crystal Watson, maybe. Well, that, see, that is my situation <laughs> is I have uh, I have uh, I had four. Two are gone. Two I'm waving. Bye-bye. One is in the bag, but one comes down to tonight, and it is all about Christian Watson for me. Everything about Christian Watson. So, by the way, I just want to point out, Brandon, you're doing very good in baseball at 33%. I'm hoping yeah, to hit 50. Jake? <laughs> What does your uh, playoff matchup look like? How invested are you uh, moving forward? <laughs> I, uh, uh, Boggs and I have officially already advanced, and I will be a full 100% advanced if Ben Skoranek can score two points against Nando tonight in the CBS Telethon League. So I'll be that's the only one remaining. I'm, uh, I've, I've advanced 100%, which probably means I'm going to get knocked out of every single one of them next week and have oh, nothing yeah. left. But... Uh, fortunately, he had Deontay Foreman, which a big fat zero, which helped offset the fact that I've had a big fat zero for my kicker the entire year because I refuse. I told Jamie, I don't care what league you invite me to. I will do it because it's for charity, but there will not be a kicker. Actually, my kicker right now is some guy with the last name Romo. And I was like, ah, oh, that's funny. It's Romo. <laughs> I can't believe you. I, for, I always forget that you do that. Yet you literally will not put a kicker in your kicking spot. No. I, has that cost you? Has that cost you in the last couple of years? I have six losses, but I mean, I'm in the playoffs and I'm beating Nando. With an eight six record, same. same I guess that's true. You know, other thing I was really curious about, real quick, and then we'll get into everything. What formats are you guys moving forward with? Because my formats, uh, I'm very dynasty heavy. Uh, Three of my four dynasty, 
Uh, I've got two that have, or one is a super flex, two that have an IDP spin, and all full PPR is how I roll those. Jake, I'm curious, what formats? Uh, I know you have one IDP with Bogman. Are there any? I don't, I don't even notice? count that. That's the IDP side is 100% Bogman. Like that. Okay. I, just, I don't even count <laughs> right. that as like that. That's my half point PPR league with Scott Bogman playing the IDP part of it. <laughs> also, by the way, mine like my two IDP leagues. It's because I have full access to Bogman's IDP, and I'm very good at it because I have those right now. It's not because I'm an IDP guy, but I was just curious. Like I found shout, myself shout out at Bogman flex. Sports for anybody who wants to follow. Great yes. IDP advice, by the way. Yes, so exactly. But I'm just and curious if you tell people to play Jenkins from the Jaguars. Did you see that guy's game? He had like no. 18 tackles. He had a pick six and another interception. That like had really in like 40 points IDP in some of these world, leagues. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. But I guess when you're no. I, like when you're reviewing so your playoffs, everything stuff, I don't like play. I don't play a full point. I don't play a full point PPR. No, either. I know that. I yeah, I know that. Yeah, so like everything. I have no the super flex flex leagues got bounced super flex home league. I told you I blew that one up in like week seven when everything went sideways. Thankfully, blowing it up for next year included trading away Jonathan Taylor, but like sadly, but fortunately, yeah, uh, yeah, so exactly. blew that one up. We talked about missing the playoffs and flex last week, but everything else is basically 100 percent half point PPR regular one quarterback. The two super flexes, both, like I said, were the home league and the dynasty league i play in but everything else brandon you know. same thing i'm curious about like did you find yourself in any other formats kind of pushing forward or not yeah or are you more no, standard the, the two i'm bouncing were uh, regular one qb leagues but the one i'm advancing in was uh super flex and thank you very much jalen hurts and trevor lawrence uh, pretty much those guys hmm. just carried i me gotta tell you can i ask you guys a question this so yeah. i've been a proponent like a lot of not, I don't want to say I am I'm the only one, but I have been a proponent because I've had super flex in the flex leagues for what six, seven years now. I've been like, we need to do this. We need to. Do. This is the first year where I've been like, eh, I could see, I could see not wanting to play in super flex sure. because of how we have eight starting quarterbacks, two from the same team of the 49ers that have been lost, lost before this week even started. And now we're down another two quarterbacks on top of like, it's been a year where like Superflex has not felt that fun if you're outside of maybe the seven or eight that survived consistently. Yeah, and I want to take a look too on the fantasy points per week as far as quarterbacks go. There are only five, and this is going through week 15, and I believe it's all updated. There's only five quarterbacks that are, and this is like, you know, a standard if you guys play like with bonuses and stuff like that. That's a whole other thing. Yeah, There's only bonuses. five quarterbacks averaging over 20 points per game. Uh, well, actually, hold on. There, let me let me do this incorrectly at the top. There are six. <laughs> One was down there. Lamar Jackson's only played twelve games, so his points, his total points, are kind of down there. But only six total quarterbacks of twenty or more points. And uh, Trevor Lawrence is right on the outside at nineteen. But like six quarterbacks of twenty or more points. And if you go down the list here, if you're going like eighteen, you're barely at your twelve starting quarterbacks and then it just and by the way mike uh, white is one of those quarterbacks that's scoring 18 per game when he's out there so yeah it's not yeah, quite tight end but it's been kind of it's been kind of brutal jake it, because of the injuries a lot of it too i mean if you look at look just going down into the 20s you've got six games played nine games played three games played eight games played heineke who's actually not even inside the top 20 per game but i'm just saying like it's been a lot, you know, where it's been. And then, like, some of these quarterbacks we're talking about, too, it's been in and out. Like, the Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston situation, Russ, we just lost for the year, although he wasn't playing great. Mariota's done for the year also. But, but I was just saying, like, it's been it's been tight end to your point of the fact, that, like, if you're playing a double tight end league, you like you're, you don't even have second quarterbacks for a super flex. Like, I'm in a super flex. Actually, no, I forgot. There is one that I'm still in the playoffs. I've been starting 
for the last five or six weeks, I've been starting like running backs and wide receivers and because I don't the buy and then the injuries I suffered. I lost two quarterbacks this year and I've been having to swap in running backs and wide receivers. And one of my super flexes was 16 teams, and that's impossible. I literally, oh, in stupid. one of those leagues, well, it is stupid <laughs> because one of those leagues I had Josh, I had Fields, uh, Justin Fields, Josh, I always do that. Justin Fields on by and Jimmy Garoppolo hurt, and I had no quarterback. Um, the, and also, one of the things adding to that, and then we'll get to the games, is quarterbacks that have scored 15 or less points on average. Fewer. You have Tom Brady. Yeah, or fewer. Tom, I'm sorry. Tom Brady, Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan was in there, Matthew Stafford, Deshaun Watson. I mean, that's probably going to also play a little bit of a role in why the quarterback spot for Superflex has been even uglier. That's a pretty big list of names for 15 or fewer points. It's not good. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, in the, in the 12 team league that we that I'm advancing in the Superflex, we adopted that this year. One of the selling points was that. No team could have more than three quarterbacks. And that's been people have been pretty happy with that. And that's been especially, you know, important this year when there's there's so many bad quarterbacks there that, you know, they're also not someone's not also not hoarding them, you know. So it just makes it a little bit more palatable if you're in a in a super flex league like that. Yeah. Well, uh, hopefully we guys can talk you through, talk through some of the performances that happened this past week. And it is kind of a weird space, I think, that we're in right now as far as what you talk about with fantasy football, because there are less people, there's less activity, waivers look like less than before, there's less people that are active in that and what is there to pick up, but there's always repercussions and we can always talk through what did happen in the first round of the playoffs. And one of the craziest pieces of the whole playoffs came in one game. And it was this insane comeback on Saturday with uh, Minnesota and the Colts. So first off, on the Minnesota side, you had uh, Kirk Cousins throw for four touchdowns. Justin Jefferson go 12 for 123 in a score. And then K.J. Osborne absolutely went off 10 for 157 in a score. And I had Kirk Cousins going in my league that I ended up going running away with. And I was complaining to our, our buddy Bogman. I was like, I have eight points from Kirk Cousins going into the third quarter. And Justin Jefferson has caught like three balls. What do I need to make this get going? And then bam. And KJ, I would say KJ Osborne, Jake, probably won some people some leagues this weekend. If they was started anywhere. Uh, that's what I was going to say. It was what, 4% or something like that. They're actually four of the top 12 uh, performers at wide receiver this week were under 12%. And actually three of the f- were under four. It was four, zero, and one. By the way, the zero out there was wonderful from the situation that, like, this is what it is. What is Rashid, Shahid, and then KJ Osborne. But yeah, this was funny enough. Kirk Cousins, the last time this happened was that you like that game. So Kirk Cousins on both sides of that with different teams. And then Matt Ryan with the Super Bowl and this, like, on both st- different teams. Like, it's just kind of crazy how this matched up like that. KJ Osborne, he'll, he's in the waiver column. But he's kind of in the waiver column. Is like, don't think this is a new thing. This, uh, I've, no, because I've I've already written him up. It's only his third game with more than five targets on the season, which is eighteen percent plus target share on the season. Yeah, you almost need a thirty-three to nothing deficit to make it. Yes, it helps four touchdown times. Four times. (laughs) fourth touchdown of the year and third game with third game over eight points. So these kind of things happen. I'm not going crazy for KJ Osborne. Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook. Like, this is really what we knew about this game. If you didn't know what happened and the historic thing that happened, and you just looked at what, like, the box score and the line and everything like that, my biggest takeaway has nothing to do with that. My biggest takeaway is that Alec Pierce and Paris Campbell did absolutely dull crap. So 
That's yeah. my that's all my biggest takeaway. And going on that side, you're 100 percent right. We had big ex- both um, Brandon and I had big expectations for uh, Paris Campbell coming out of the game. Alec Pierce kind of disappeared. They kind of ran with the game, ran away with the game. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24/7 U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. But outside of that, which you can obviously tie into it, the biggest blow came to fantasy uh, players in the form of Jonathan Taylor because Jonathan Taylor got hurt in this game. He ended up only uh, he actually didn't even register a carry. I thought he had registered a carry. He did not. Zach Moss ended up having 24 carries for 81 yards. Deion Jackson got in. Uh, 55 yards rushing. He also had a receiving touchdown. And Jonathan Taylor, Squadoosh, and also going to be Squadoosh the rest of the way because he's gone, Brandon. He is uh, perceivably gone for the rest of the playoffs, which does bring up an interesting, like, we were all Team Deion Jackson, of course, but they gave the workload to Zach Moss in here. So what's going to be your takeaway on the Colts running back situation with uh, Taylor out? Um, Well, first of all, Taylor is the common connective tissue between my two losing playoff teams. Uh, That Mm -hmm. was absolutely crushing. Although one of them wouldn't matter. I, I lost by like 100. But uh, what I'm going to do on this one is, look, I think in the in the way the game script was, where they were sitting on a, you know, on a massive lead, Zach Moss was the guy. But I, I we've seen the Zach Moss experience, and that's not a ride we're looking to get back on. I, I don't think. I, I You know, they didn't throw him the ball. Deion Jackson would be the guy that would be more involved in the passing game if they were playing from behind um, and who are they playing this week? They're playing. Yeah. I'm looking right now. They've they're got playing the, the chargers. chargers. I mean, I I'm, I'm going to, if I sit in there and I have my choice between either one of them, I'm going to go Deion Jackson. So that, that's just that. I really, do think that there's 24 carries, 24 carries for Zach Moss. Jake, do you feel any different? I mean, Zach, I mean, they got the bulk of it. There's a great uh, defense to run against coming up against the Chargers. I'm just, by the way, I'm, it's just a complete indictment. My choice is an indictment of what I think of Zach Moss. Zach Moss? Yeah. yeah. Which is certainly fair, but I, you know, and this is coming from somebody who's never liked Zach Moss coming out of caught like this. This is in my, my other Marlon Mack, but I, I wrote him up already, and I said, you know, it looks to be the lead. He had 67% of the snaps, 24 rushes, 81 yards. And if you look on the flip side, Deion Jackson is 30% range of the snaps. Now, what I did preface where Fonston could be right. Like, I'm not saying definitively. I'm not saying Moss is the guy. 
you know, you, Deion Jackson is going to be a non-factor. Deion Jackson's shown to be bell cow usable. Uh, the one really terrible game was with Sam Ellinger at quarterback. So you can kind of throw that for a semi pass off to the side. Uh, but I can see this being 60, 40 for Moss just because of that. But, but the, where I'll say where Funston might be right is there's a difference when running backs are called in during a game versus an entire week of planning for a matchup. So I'm not saying definitively Moss is the answer because I'll liken it to the situation with Stevenson. Stevenson plays. The backup was Kevin Harris because he's bigger pounder. Pierre Strong's a pass catcher. If you had an entire week of no Stevenson, you'd probably see Pierre Strong over Kevin Harris, which is how I was going to rank them last week if Stevenson was out. So there is a world where it could be Deion Jackson over Zach Moss. Just because the split was so pronounced and they do want to kind of try to run and keep it out of Matt Ryan's hands, I'll lean to Zach Moss. But put it this way, if it's week 16 and you're trusting either one of them, hopefully you have a lot better options around the rest of your roster. Yeah, and if you, it, the weird one is like, you know, if you had Jonathan Taylor... I don't know how you made it forward, like how you moved on. You must have demolished your player out there, but you know, you might not have the best of options. Maybe you got lucky and you had a Zay Jones in your lineup or something like that. Who we'll talk about. I mean, you might've had some things get you there and you might need to play on the waiver. Also there, here's another strategy. You might want to take these guys off the wire. So the people you're playing against don't have an option. (laughs) Yeah. Just in case. So you might want to, you know, find the right pickup. I think Deion Jackson is the more talented player, but I don't know. 24 carries oh, on you should there. Be playing Giants last play of the game defense to try and keep this away from her. Just grab them around the shoulders and keep them away from everybody else. Yeah, it's very true. Speaking of, <laughs> you brought him up, so I moved him up here. Uh, reminder, Stevenson almost didn't play this week. We had all this Damian Harris kind of build up. He was super questionable, super dicey. And then he absolutely does play and absolutely goes off in the game 19 for 172 and a score. And that kind of just, I think, relieves all pressure. Uh, Jake on Ramondre Stevenson and health, even when, you know, he's all practically a game time decision, he gets back in there and absolutely dominated. And we're going to feel comfortable with him uh, in the next couple of weeks, obviously. Correct. Even if Damon Harris is back. Yes. Damon Harris would come into the RB three conversation of some of these other options where we're talking about, Hey, we hope he scores a touchdown uh, because he gets that use. But if Harris is back, Stevenson becomes a low-end RB1, and knowing this going into this game, if you were able to wait and see that he was cleared before the game, and there was a lot of speculation he would be because they're saying they didn't elevate anybody, but they're still, it's the Patriots, there's still a chance, and then what are they going to not elevate somebody and then be like, haha, you know, <laughs> this is the Patriots, so if it was just strong and the other Harris, I could have I seen that as well, but knowing this, yeah, I'd say no Harris, he's top five, six, seven running back, with Harris, he's still a fringe RB1. Uh, Brendan, how many people do you think, like, how much was there out there a fear of even starting Stevenson, even if he was healthy this week leading up to it? I think people probably got lucky because Harris was also inactive for the game. So that probably kind of took away a lot of the questions. Like, as soon as is, uh, Stevenson was good to go, people threw him in. But there's definitely some people out there that sat Stevenson this week. Yeah, I didn't have him in any of my my teams, so I didn't have that decision to make. But yeah, I'm sure some people got screwed. I was just while you guys were talking, I was kind of just wondering how high Stevenson goes next year. I think Damian Harris is a free agent, so um, it kind of brings him back as what should be as clear a number one as Belichick would usually allow. So um, top fifteen. Mm, I'm taking a look on the year. Stevenson in half PPR is the. Ninth highest scoring running back, not a per game, but has the ninth most points of any running back. I was going to say, I was going to ask you top 12, top 15. I think it puts in a good spot. How about this? Who would you rather have next season? 
Ramondre Stevenson or Najee Harris? Stevenson. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard not to take the recency bias out of that one. I'm going. I'm going past. I'll go past you on that one. Let's even assume because this is going to be the question. Let's just assume the case gets thrown out and Kamara is not suspended. Stevenson versus Kamara. I would take Stevenson. I would would too. too. They're yeah, very unless they're of very course, similar. I, I feel like they're very similar it is. players too. Yeah, and it, and it could be you know they could screw everything up by drafting somebody in the third round that's like a Damian Harris. They could, they could resign Damian Harris. You know maybe they get him on the cheap to bring him back because is the Patriots are going to Patriot. So, but as of today, with the assumption that but the, let's remember we were having this conversation about Michael Carter last year because there was nobody else involved. So, of course, Stevenson is better than Carter, but just remember like don't yeah. go too crazy. Maybe they Stevenson or. Stevenson or Damian Pierce? Oh, Stevenson by a mile. Okay, I just I mean, mm-hmm. da- you know, Damian Pierce weathering on the I back thought, end of the year. I thought I was about career. to just cancel the sh- I was going to hang up and end the show. I thought you were about to do Stevenson versus Barkley, and I was going to try and punch you through the face through the video. I thought that's because you <laughs> the way that you paused. Like, <laughs> so I guess you Joe, gave your answer. Joe Mixon? Joe Mixon or Stevenson? <laughs> Stevenson versus Barkley. I think that's, hmm. that's, an, I think that's an interesting conversation. Yeah, Mixon, that's a good spot. Point in his career. I probably would go Stevenson as well. I think it depends on what the Patriots Stevenson or Marlon Mack. Ooh. <laughs> Ask the Broncos. Tough decisions there. Uh, by the way, where Latavius Murray went off for like 130 yards, Marlon Mack had over 60 yards and a touchdown just out of the blue, out of the absolute blue. He did that. It still um, had like seven touches. Yeah, well, I mean, Marlon Mack. Brandon, you brought this up a little bit earlier. Jerick McKinnon uh, with the Chiefs. So the Chiefs situation was really weird this weekend where Pacheco fumbled and then he just lost, uh, I think, a half uh, as, as close as it was. And Jarek McKinnon got, every time I looked, got the run. I got to be honest with you, when I looked at Pacheco's carry line after, I was shocked that he got 15 carries. He ended 15 carries for 86 yards and he had that fumble. But they ended up giving Jarek McKinnon 18 touches, 10 for 52 and a score on the ground, 8 for 70 in a score in the air. That is two straight weeks of dominant performance from Jarek McKinnon. So Brandon, let's start with you on your level of comfort. And what does Jarek McKinnon look like as an RB moving forward after these two weeks? He's an RB two this week. It's the Seattle Seahawks. Even if you don't want to run in between the tackles, running backs can kill Seattle in the flats as well. I mean, but I think he's an RB two for me this week. I don't know. I don't I don't think you look beyond that right now, but I would be playing him for sure this week. Are you, are you with me on that, Jake? Mm, I just I'm so mm-hmm. ready to get bit. That's all. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> this what it comes down to. Somebody tweeted me yesterday said, "Is he James White, but better? Because oh. you can actually trust the you know the, the touches between the tackles too. Like the carries that he doesn't do a lot of it, but he gets some of those." And I was like, "Wow, he basically is better, than James White." You want a fun like stat volume. too? Week fourteen what? and fifteen, he is the number one scoring running back in half point PPR. No one has scored yeah, higher. Christian McCaffrey is number two. He's scoring four more points than Christian McCaffrey over the last two weeks. Jerick McKinnon. And he so, so I think he, he did. They, he they're both. Did they're this both. last year too, where he just you know at the very end of the regular season in the playoffs, they used him a bunch after not using him all year. I wonder if that's just kind of been their plan is to kind of slow play him, make sure he gets to the end of the year and use. Him I then. would start both over. I'm not. I'm not playing the Royce Freeman game. I didn't wait. I didn't get this far by starting Royce Freeman off the street and for the Houston Texans. I would start both over Zonovan Knight. That roller coaster, or not even a roller coaster, the ride. I guess it's just basically what no. that, the the shooting up one that's at Cedar Point that I can't think of the name of that just launches you 90 miles an hour at the top and then you come <laughs> all the way back down. Yeah, I, I, over Zonovan Knight at this point. 
Uh, I mean, you can make a case for some other ones out there that you could play both, and I mean both of them, over. Um, if Jeff Wilson is back, both of them over not knowing what Miami's going to do. And it's both good over Deonta Foreman. Oh, no question about it. Chuba Hubbard's <laughs> so the better option. At this. I mean, for, I like think both over Chuba Hubbard. Firm RB2. Like firm uh, yes. RB2 is the, yes. is the range. <laughs> it's Carolina. Absolutely. Both yeah, over the Tampa Bay backs. Yeah, that's back in the Rashad lead. And that's, that's a mess. Devin Singletary over all those guys. So, I mean, McKinnon is a firm RB2 moving forward. I think that's kind of the takeaway here, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Until you and get burned. Get Until... For, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, get ready for <laughs> two points this week. Ready for Ronald Jones to come out. They actually the get up ball. early for a change, and then all of a sudden he gets five touches. We talked about a lot about this in the last episode, and this was a big fear, and I really don't know how people approached it, but Jake gave the warning, Brandon gave the warning, I gave the warning. Um, Mark Andrews stunk it up, and it stunk up mm-hmm. with Huntley. Three for 31 in the game. Uh, on the other side of it, if you were looking for rushing, it worked out. Dobbins was good, had 125 yards. But what are we going to do? Let's, Jake, let's start with you. What are we going to do with Mark Andrews moving forward? Is it is this going to be – is this even tied to just Lamar Jackson? It clearly is to a degree, but, like, are you going to be comfortable? Is there a scenario? Is the only scenario Lamar Jackson's active this coming week where Mark Andrews is back in as a starting tight end? This is you're probably not playing right now because unless you traded for Mark Andrews like I did, and then you're still not playing because that happened to you <laughs> as well. So you got you got all the bad, you got bad Mark Andrews. Like he, look, Darren Waller's in front of him right now. I had them you know almost back to back this week with this concern. I saw the consensus. What was it? Still like three or four for Mark Andrews? I'm like hell no. I had him down like nine. I was like you know you want to take that chance, but here's why: it's tight end. Who are you benching him for? You gonna everybody that wanted to play Jeff Driscoll. I was like, if you want it, like I kept saying, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. He's Taysom Hill, and people are like, ah, you could be Taysom Hill. Like, I'm gonna start him. I'm like, okay, fine. Look what happened. You got one good Taysom Hill, and then you got bad Taysom Hill and Jeff Driscoll. But it's tight end, and I'm saying all that to say, David and Joku at it five because David and Joku has been great, even with Deshaun Watson stunk it up himself. So, you know, David and Joku, Mark Andrews. It, Conklin got usurped by C.G. Uzama on two touchdowns this I mean, week. Juwan Johnson t- was awesome. Juwan Johnson's been awesome. So, yeah. like, I think that you could have a conversation. That's the game. Juwan Johnson versus Njoku, you're going to have that conversation. Mark Andrews, if you want to bench for them. Like, Evan Ingram against the Jets. Like, that's where he belongs, though. He's basically like, you might get 10, 15, you might get two. Are you going to feel any different, Brennan, about Mark Andrews? Like, are you going to just like blindly put him in that top five when he's out there? Or would you give some real thought to some of these other guys that we were throwing around? There's also the, you know, Noah Fant had 11 points this past week. Uh, obviously, Evan Ingram, who we talked about. There's a Conquo. I mean, like, is this a no brainer for Andrews or no? Yeah, I, I kind of, you know, I kind of echo everything that, that Jake said. I mean, there is a, there is a limp, there is a point where you're going to chase the, you know, long, the, the, the long in hibernation upside of Andrews over a certain level of tight end, you know? And I think it's, it's like Jake said, it's after the top five, but it's not too far after the top five. You're kind of, you know, at some point you're just going to be like, okay, well maybe, maybe we'll get, we'll get that game back from Andrews. But yeah. Um, I gotta be honest though. Right now I'm like Taysom Hill or Mark Andrews. I mean, Taysom Hill's throwing the ball every week. He's running the ball every week. Sometimes he gets catches like <laughs> he's doing stuff. It's just doing stuff every week. So that would be tough for me. I would have a hard time deciding at this what, point right if, now. Like gun to your head, which one, Hill or Andrews for week 16? Um, honestly, 
if I'm ranking, I might rank Hill higher. I, against I don't Cleveland. think I fully disagree. By the way, the, pass, the touchdown pass by Hill was beautiful. Pass. No Saints quarterback has thrown a pass like that all year long. And uh, <laughs> Taysom Hill is a tight end or running back. I don't know why. Wide just, don't full, just fully embrace Taysom Ball, just like in all its weird forms. I would love to know the like logic of what's going on there, too. Like, I don't understand any of it. The thing that happened with Winston, why you don't commit to Hill, why Dalton Key. It's a very strange, like, someone's got dirt on someone who's paying off. Like, I just, none of it makes sense. It's a no. Netflix documentary for sure. Yeah, somebody's paying about. something. They're paying them through the nose. That's why. I guess. I guess that's what it is. <laughs> we had something happen that I don't know if I've ever seen before. We had a quarterback not throw a touchdown, have two interceptions, and be the highest scoring quarterback of the week. That's Jalen Hurts, who scored 36 uh, points, one more point than Josh Allen. And uh, he did not throw a touchdown, but he did have some touchdowns. He rushed for 61 yards and three scores in the game. And he was able to hit up A.J. Brown for nine for 181 on 16 targets Gentlemen, on the year, Jalen Hurts is the number one scoring quarterback of all. You have Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen a little bit behind. Has Jalen Hurts done enough to be the number one quarterback going into 2023, Brandon? Um, I I think that's fair, honestly. I mean, you got A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard will be back and healthy. He's had games where he hasn't had where the passing side of things have carried the day. Like, for the most part, I think he's improved a ton as a passer, and that was really all I wanted to see is kind of like Josh Allen where, you know, he looked so bad early in his career, but he's actually looking more and more competent. Everything you hear about Jalen hurts is he's just an absolute, you know, just student of the game and, and as hard a worker as anybody there is. I just think the, you know, the maturation and the, and the improvement as a passer is going to continue. And, you know, as far as a runner, he's up there with, with anybody that, 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 that rushing touchdown he had when the safety blitzed up the middle was, it was almost like they knew the call was coming. It was so perfect, and he just oh, the was, one where it's just there's no one within thirty yards either direction. I mean, he yeah, because it would have been the safety would have been back there normally, yeah. but it was a safety blitz up the middle on the wrong side of the center, and 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 Hurts just immediately takes the ball and goes on the other on the other side and gapped right down the middle. It was it was awesome, yeah. but yeah, I think he's done enough. He I think he has done enough. The weapons are great. The context of the team is great. And I just think he continues to get better as a player. Jake, is there anything that worries you, though, when a quarterback doesn't throw a touchdown, has a bunch of picks, and it is the rushing upside? Or is that the thing that makes him a safe uh, number one overall QB in 2023? Well, you're throwing a lot of words in there for, like, including the word safe. So, like, mm-hmm. this is, I can sit here in victory lap that I sat here, and the bold call was that he does finish number one this year. Uh, obviously, my preseason rankings had him at three because I played, you know, Allen Mahomes. Like, like, look, I can believe he can finish one, but I'm not going to be stupid and draft him as the number one quarterback. And we had that conversation a lot of times on this very show, and Beller even joked me. He was like, well, if you're going to make it your bold call, make him the number one quarterback. Well, apparently, I should have because then I would have been right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, but I'm saying that to say this. You mentioned the word safe. Last year and this year, the rushing floor is there and the fact that and I even call it a floor because it's not just the rushing and where I'm going to pull Cam Newton to this conversation for his MVP season. The, the thing that got Cam Newton to number one is because he threw for over 30 touchdowns and hit high watermarks in his passing game. The rushing was a little bit more volatile. This is now two years in a row of double digit touchdowns on the ground. He's probably going to break the record for rushing touchdowns for a quarterback. And the passing is almost like a complimentary piece, which has improved. They brought in A.J. Brown, and this is why he has the number one upside. Nothing of that is going to change. But when you run this much, 
Now let's talk about Josh Allen, which uh, I, I tweeted this over the weekend, and I was surprised I didn't get any pushback. I actually got a lot of people saying, you know what, that's a valid point. Like, when are we going to start talking about Josh Allen in the same context that everybody wants to trash Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts for? Like, if we're going to talk about running quarterbacks and taking shots and all this injury concerns, why is everybody go one way? And I'm not trying to, like, allude to something too much, but you kind of get my point there. It's like, why is nobody talking about Josh Allen? He's essentially Cam Newton. And that's the difference is Jalen Hurts wow. He's not is Cam Newton. Ju- He's, he might no, no. have been the good no, Cam No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. Let me make okay. my comparison before you jump all over it. The difference between Hurts and the, the situation with Allen, which was going to make, is Allen at the goal line calls his own number and embraces contact. Like, he makes stupid runs. He's doing the Carson Wentz fly through the air. He's doing, like, those are the shots where I'm concerned about Josh Allen. We could see Jalen Hurts start to head that way. Right now, he's been mostly smart. He's got... He's taking some big ones, but where I say if you don't want to call him safe, if you want to take Mahomes number one next year and avoid Allen and Hurts, they should be in the same conversation, and that's my point. Uh, I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I'd point out is, like, I, I think it's kind of universally maybe thought of Josh Allen as, like, a relatively disappointing year. I think that's how people kind of look at it because you're questioning. Still a third-scoring quarterback in uh, well, in well, fantasy football. He's still second points this. per game. With, yeah. with, you know, the quarterback position kind of becoming, like, what the tight end position has been where there's literally, like, four, five standouts at the top and everybody else is all the same. Are we going to see the quarterbacks move into – in standard, not super flex leagues, but in standard leagues, into the late first round or second round, whereas like Mahomes and Allen were normally kind of like third rounders in, you know, in, a, yeah. in kind of a normal 12-team setup. I saw somebody make that argument a few weeks ago. I don't remember if it was Heath Cummings, but I feel like he was in the conversation or something. But I saw that similar conversation. Like, are we going to get to – if you're going to argue Kelsey in the first, Andrews is the proof of why I don't do the tight end thing because it could go sideways like that but like yeah. if you're going to argue for kelsey andrews goddard stuff like that in the first second third fourth round why aren't we doing it with quarterback when you have this kind of gap for those top four to your point Fustin. so and it's yeah. funny it's kind of something i've approached for uh, many years is like when you when you have a chance to get a discount on the elite of elite quarterback i think there's an advantage to to getting that and this year it just looks more pro- predominant and uh, jalen hurts will be Here's one of those guys just play auction done there you go. Yeah, you, you could, could spend yeah, thirty could, bucks on Josh Allen and still. You got five. If you got five hours in a day to do that, absolutely. <laughs> it's not long. five hours. Uh-huh. We do our home league with a super flex, and we get it done in two every year. You need an auctioneer like me. I'll I hire, wanna... You know what? Screw cameo. I'll hire myself out to be people's auctioneers and get you all done in two hours. <laughs> I actually, I got the voice. I can do the voice. Twenty five, thirty, thirty. I can, I can get in there and I can get very auctioneer. Because no, because you don't like even that. have to do it like that. You need I to know. do like the ESPN voice guy. And but you just have to be firm and not let these people screw around with things. You, so, you know what the best you know type what... auction is? It's a uh, slow auction where it doesn't take five hours of a single. <laughs> no, day that takes email. seven years. Do totally not. Fine. I will automatically Start decline right that now. One. Start it right now. <laughs> Let's do it right now. We're golden. We're uh, by the way, uh, two numbers on Jalen Hurts: nine and five. Five is the amount of games all year that he has not rushed for a touchdown. Nope, he has not rushed for a touchdown in only five games this year. Nine, he has. That's an absurd number. Thirteen touchdowns. Nine That's also games. his number of interceptions. Five. That was five. right. Yeah, there you go. There you yeah, go. five <laughs> interceptions and only five games. Let's see what breaks first: games that he doesn't rush for a touchdown or overall picks. What's by the way? Because they're tied. Super random. I want to ask you guys. You know, everybody's blasting Matt Ryan for 13 interceptions this year. He leads the league. Do you remember when like 20 was like, eh, whatever, oh, yeah. 20? Then Roethlisberger like, eh. 29, and we'd be like, he's still really People, good. Yeah, no. <laughs> like, well, Brett Favre kind of like, made like, oh, okay, yeah. If you 
you know, you can gunsling and, and be awesome. And no, I know, but now we're like crushing people for having double digits. No, nah. like, let alone- nah. like under 20 is nothing. Over 20 is the real mark. I mean, Jameis Winston also hasn't been the starter this year, so that's why the lead is 13. But, you yeah. know, over he 20 is the yesterday. big marker. <laughs> or yesterday, last year. Uh, a couple other little notes here. We we were talking about this earlier. Just want to get this out here. The number one scoring wide receiver this past week uh, came in Jacksonville because it was Zay Jones, who was six for 109 and three touchdowns on eight targets. He is. I actually got to look here on the scoring. I don't know how close or has he outscored Evan uh, or Christian Kirk this year. Christian Kirk, six for 92. Zay Jones has just been such a big playmaker. And Trevor Lawrence, who's been just phenomenal on four touchdowns. Zay Jones has kind of been his guy. I'm going to take a look here, but Christian Kirk um, is 10. Zay Jones is 20. Okay. But, so, uh, but if you go for the last four or five games, Zay Jones is like three. Yeah. <laughs> so. I'm going to go. Well, yeah, I was about to say, if I go from like week eight on, yeah, here we go. Week eight on Zay Jones is 13th overall in total scoring. And Christian Kirk is 15. So they have no, been close, do, but Zay do, Jones have been do higher. week 10 on. Okay. Week do, 10 on week 10 through 15. If you can get right. 15 in there, can you get yep, 15? I, got, I have it in there. Yeah. So you've got um, who the hell am I looking for? Um, Christian Zay Kirk Jones. is Should seventeen. Like oh yeah, and Zay is six. Zay is six, and Christian Kirk is seventeen and half PPR. So Zay, a firm wide receiver too that you just pray you had in your lineups because because <laughs> like uh, Brandon and Brandon, I think you got whopped by him, right? Well, yeah. So here's the deal: like week ten, he went eight for sixty-eight. That's the week that you know he shows up on waiver wire lists. Okay, you get ten targets. So then you pick him up. Do you play him right away or you just pick him up as depth? Because then the next week he goes 11 for 145. So then you, for sure you're playing him the following week against Detroit, and he goes two for 16. So suddenly you're like, oh, I don't know if I can trust this guy. So you take him out. Then he goes eight for 77 and a touchdown. So that probably puts him back in. So probably a lot of people that had Zay Jones did play him. Thanks for that. But, I, I, but my point is he's had this year. It's been pretty dang good. But, you know, he's only kind of forced – you to put him in this lineup like twice. You're calling him <laughs> Will Fuller? Is that what you're trying to do? Uh, you're trying uh, to say he's Will I, Fuller? No, that's what I was going to say. Unless, unless you listen to this guy right here. Oh. Like, <laughs> I said, I, I said play him every single week, even including the down week, which you sucked it up, but I immediately came back and said, still play him against Tennessee. Self attribution so, there. I like that. 100%. And I was pu- fist pumping because overs on. Vegas betting DFS lineup with the Lawrence Zay Jones stack. Like I s- smashed the leaving hell out of everybody this week with this one. So I'm, I'm having, I, I will, I'm going to sit here. I will victory lap the hell out of this one. <laughs> I am going to, right, I'm gonna, I'm going to eat it all up. <laughs> I'm going to pair two guys up against each other from this weekend. And then let's uh, see where we at, where we are at in week 16. Deandre Swift. I would say uh, disappointment. I, I saw you tweeting about it, Jake. I think you kind of agree. He's still he, 10 he, points. It was okay. Eight for 52 on the ground. Five for 23. Could have been. It, it, well, okay. Yeah. On all sides, all sides of it. It's a little bit disappointing. It could have been a lot worse. And DeAndre Swift, those are the numbers. They were getting everybody involved. When you have him, you get everybody involved, of course. And Saquon got back at it, 18 for 87 and a score. He also caught five for 33. This is kind of a little bit more quintessential Saquon, but it still just lacks that little top end thing that's out there. So DeAndre Swift or Saquon next week. And if it is, Saquon, like you're going to say, Jake, how much higher? Uh, by 10 miles? 
Like okay. this, I mean, like, like I had Swift as fringe top twenty. I think it finished like somewhere twenty twenty one, twenty two. As we get the squeakiest, squeakiest toy possible. <laughs> <laughs> so you jump in, and I'll come back. For, oh, wait, she brought it over. I guess there we maybe go. The, I got, got it, it away from her. What, what is that, by the way? What is that? <laughs> oh, this is so. This is a Santa thing I bought for Barkley last year that I unwrapped on a little video or whatever. What it, it has a water bottle inside of it that they reuse. <laughs> And so it makes a crinkle sound, but they also put a squeaker at the end of it. So like it crinkles and squeaks and it's like, so it definitely is a great dog toy for everybody. It's a great, it's a great podcasting (laughs) dog toy. It really is. It's it's, it's wonderful. But no, Saquon's by a mile because I even said against Washington, are you sitting Saquon? Like I had him like 10, 11 or whatever. And that's only because. No. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Okay. So then then turn it because I thought both of uh, Saquon's performance was was solid. I actually had both of these guys in one league that uh, it all comes down to tonight uh, for Christian Watson for me, where if I can get through. So I guess then let's turn it then. I mean, Saquon was fine. That's good. But Swift. No, I'll ask the question. Here's here's one. DeAndre Swift or Zonovan Knight against Jacksonville on Thursday Night Football. There's one. That's I think that's the conversation we're having with DeAndre Swift now. I, I take night. I'll take Swift, honest. but I so, can see okay, the that, that's where I wanted to go with it because we're out. Are we out on Swift in week sixteen? I can't imagine. You know, I'll be one of the few out there that register a second week playoff run with DeAndre Swift if Watson goes off. But um, oh, I mean, Justin Jackson's out there. Um, yeah. you know, you know he's not getting the goal line carry. He got one a couple weeks ago, but like for the most part, that's you know, it's all Jamal Williams, and you know, you're you're hoping you're hoping for ten touches now, and. At least with Donovan Knight, I know you could. You're going to get 15, and you might get 20. Are you? I, I don't it's, know. Mike I don't White's know. not playing this week. That's why. This is why. This, if Mike White was back under center, I would be 100 percent Donovan Knight. But I am not touching Donovan Knight against uh, the, what? Uh, no, I can't. Zach Wilson. Why are they not? Why are they not playing Joe Flacco? I mean, if they're seriously trying to win, why are they not playing Joe Flacco? Because I. To, it's what I told you a few weeks ago, where I left the door open. You both told me I was crazy. Zach, they're going to give Zach Wilson a I'm chance shocked. to prove them rock. They're 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 giving them the chance to prove that they were wrong to bench him in the like they they have to. It was just the number two pick last year. We all know the answer. They're trying with any desperation left to say that like we didn't blow this pick. We didn't Ryan Leaf this is what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I guess it's crazy, uh, but I'd rather see Mike White out there than Zach Wilson. But uh, is what Josh Rosen is. or Zach Wilson? There you go. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's pretty close. It's going to be too close to uh, to handle soon. Uh, finally, it, this is, you know, waivers or whatever, but as far as pickups go for this coming week, Brandon, what is going to be your focus this week when you're taking a look at pickups and who you're going to put any remaining fab on, any waiver wire stuff? Hopefully everybody has set their league settings where you can't have the loser teams uh, pick up players and cause chaos and uh, an absolute mayhem in your own leagues. But Brandon, what are you going to do as far as pickups look at? Um, well, so first of all, Tyler Algier is the guy I put as my number one going up against Baltimore. Just so impressed with the way he looked running the ball, man. He was he was a bowling ball, and you know it just seems like he's just gathering steam as the season goes along. So he would be my number one. We talked about Indy's backfield situation. You got to you know make a decision on which guy you like better, and and if you need running back help, you're going that direction. But the other guy I will throw out there is Jordan Mason. He only had four carries, but. You know, he had a big, like, 55-yard run. San Francisco's schedule is super easy. And maybe you'll get a little bit more Jordan Mason this week. But, I I mean, I would pick him up with the off chance that you go into your your final, uh, which is against the Raiders in Week 17, and there's talk that Christian McCaffrey is being, like, seriously, like, either, you know, 
going to be inactive or they're just going to really, you know, go easy on him. Cause I think at some point they're going to do that. These games are easy. They might have an idea playing a late game in week 17 about what their fate's going to be in the playoffs. And you could get a real big Jordan Mason game in week 17. Uh, to your point, if you guys play till week 18, you should preemptively pick up Jordan Mason right now. Cause they're going up against the Cardinals. They'll be yeah. playing for nothing. McCaffrey will not play. Mason will go. Mason will be probably a top 10 running back in week 18 if you play through and you have three weeks to make that move. Jake, any preemptive moves you're going to be making on the waivers and the fab? Obviously, we'll be able to check out the column this week, but what yes. do you got for us? Uh, there's going to be a lot of whatever the name of that emoji is with the snorting no like wind coming out of the nose like I'm frustrated with you. What is it? Oh, that's frustration? Oh, okay. Yeah. I was wondering what yeah, that like, always that's, was. That's like a huffy frustration face. Like, I don't know what else to <laughs> like. And that's why I put it in the column because it's like, I don't know what else to tell you. There's going to be a lot of those because it's out there for Tyler Algier, Gus Edwards, Zay Jones, Jahan Dotson. They, I, they, you might as well just call the waiver column the Tyler Algier column and other people this entire year. But uh, those four, and I will throw out one that this is going way up. This is actually going right at 60% because a lot of people dropped them. But... 42% of his team's targets and 72% of the team's receiving yards. Desmond Ritter has eyes for one person only. It was gross for Desmond Ritter. That was not a home run play that I thought that could happen, but at least it resurrected the corpse of Drake London, who had been dropped in a lot of leagues at this point. Yeah, well, I don't know what was dropped him or the balls that he had in the game. That guy was, uh, it's nice that Ritter threw to him, but he had some crucial let, let goes in that game. Eh, but he'll get the target. Johnson has drops and it works out. I don't care. Yeah, well, it worked out this week. Doesn't you work out most of the weeks? That's true. But I like that one. I do like that one. We had talked about Desmond Ritter. You guys can find the article over at The Athletic. Make sure you guys are subscribed so you can get all the goodies. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, Jake Seeley, at All In Kid. He'll be tweeting out the ranks and all the pickups and everything you need to know for the second week of your playoffs if you're saying. Otherwise, it would be the first week if you go to week 18. Uh, Brandon Funson on Twitter at Brandon Funson. I am at Is It the Welsh? And friends, we will talk to you next episode later this week as we get you guys prepared for week two of the fantasy playoffs. For Brandon, Jake, Welsh, the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. We're out of here. Bye bye.